Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. It's Matt. I'm Dory. We are with child. Oh yeah. But not with, the child is with Dory. Yeah. Currently still inside of Dory. Although 30 weeks. Report from inside your uterus. He's, he's, he's very active. What's he doing? Wiggling? He moves around a lot and when he kicks now sometimes it feels like he's like kicking out of my stomach he wants to like be released yeah oh well he's kicking the wrong way that's not how he's getting out (laughs) he doesn't know that well we know that because we are now prepped thanks to a very long but informative eight hour intensive class that we took today yeah many couples one two three four five like eight no, it was like 11 or 12 couples there. What? Really? Yeah. They said it was their biggest accelerated class, like, ever, I think. 
We were very accelerated. Uh, I think it was informative. I think it was helpful. If I had to do it all over again, I'd sit near a wall. (laughs) You still have your name tag on. I do. I'm Matt. I took mine off. Um, Yeah, not a fan of sitting on the floor with a chair that I'm 70% certain would break if I decided to actually put all my weight into it. They had us sitting in those, like if you ever take like a meditation class, they they had us sitting in those chairs that are like on the floor that you like lean back on. Yeah. It was practically like uh, sitting on a pillow on the floor. Um, I was not very comfortable. There's a there's a good pillow on the floor joke in the um, this week's episode of the Goldbergs. Oh, yeah, written okay. by Matt Myra. Oh, good job, Matt. Yep. Uh, Murray is uh, freaking out at the, con- at the the prospect of having to go to a Moroccan restaurant with Beverly, uh, where he has to sit on a pillow on the floor and eat with his hands. Oh. <laughs> it's a good time. Valentine's Day episode, guys. Check it out. Tune in. A lot of fun. Evan is, Dando's in it. It is a fun episode. I saw some of it being shot. Yep. You weren't there Evan Dando Day, no. No. Um, yeah. It'll be um, Wednesday at 8. Uh, <clears throat> Teddy Ruxpin makes an appearance. Well, it's an all-star cast. Wow. You didn't tell me <laughs> Teddy Ruxpin was in it. Well, there. he's in it. Wow. He is. He's in it. Does he talk? He does talk. Um, but, uh, yeah. Did you have a Teddy Ruxpin? Yes. I did not. I had a Teddy Ruxpin and I eventually, at one point, I think I popped the eyes out of it. <gasps> you know. And then it was just this like, think of an eyeless Teddy Ruxpin with its mouth moving. That's so, really creepy. <laughs> it was. It was very creepy. <laughs> I, I regret it. Um, <clears throat> so the class was like split up into three sections. The first section was kind of the anatomy of pregnancy and labor and what happens when you actually go into labor. Um, yeah. Which was interesting. I, I learned, I learned stuff I didn't know about the various stages of labor. Sure. In particular. Um, I just don't understand how people do this without having classes. I think, I think they just, you know, like now we know we don't go straight to the hospital. I think if you don't, yeah, if no but one it's tells, also like we get it. People have been born, yeah, without people hospitals have been born, for, yeah, uh, fifty thousand. It was years. interesting. Everyone in the class was giving birth at a hospital. Yeah, no one was doing like a birthing center or home birth. I was glad that she took a a, a beat to talk about vaccines and how they're. For vaccine, they're pro vaccines. Yes, she did say that. Treat one, treat all. Yep. <laughs> um, and then the second part was like physical things you can do during labor to be more comfortable. So they had us all bring like uh, exercise balls, learned how to like roll around on one. I blew up our exercise ball last night at about 11 p.m. You did a good job. And then crawled into bed. <laughs> Very tired from both blowing up the ball and just the day. Um, you know, a few people in the class were having some problems with their balls. 
Yeah, some were too inflated, some were not inflated enough. Mine was perfect. Uh, Thanks you know, to Matt. It's not my first foray into blowing up a yoga ball. Believe it or not. Wow. I do have some experience with that. Um, Matt learned how to put his hand on my sacrum. Um, yeah, I guess Dory sort of learned where her sacrum is. I and, know where my sacrum and her is. her pelvis. I know where my sacrum is because sacrums are very important in yoga. Uh-oh. We talk about the sacrum a lot. Oh, isn't that one type of yoga? Sacrum yoga? No. It's Bikram, I know, honey. That was a joke. <laughs> um, Matt had to massage me. He had to massage my feet. They didn't have to. They just asked. Yeah, No problem did. doing it, even though Dory's feet are... Well, let's just say enormous. They are not enormous. <laughs> Gigantic. He has We've some never seen any fixation with my feet as though they're huge. They're not that big. They're big. They're not like massive. I mean, for someone of your height, I think they're just like you're a, you're a reverse hobbit. I love you, honey. My sister and I wear the same shoe size. And oh, she's my God, shorter. Karen, you have enormous feet. <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking Karen, about. Your feet are gigantic. That's crazy. I think you have a skewed perception of what large women's feet are. I think it's anything over, uh, you know, a size nine. I am a nine. Are you a nine and a half? Nine, nine and a half. Well, I was going to say, whatever the whatever size you were, I was going to say over that size. <laughs> so I was like, I was going to go back a half size. So anything uh, over eight and a half is huge. <laughs> um, uh. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it was, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's interesting to supplement all of these things, the doula with the um, classes. But again, the hospital tour, too, that we went to last week. It's just like, who go? I mean, who goes to this? I got to tell you, 100%. If I, if, it was, if, I, if I was in charge of these things, Dory and I would have never gone to either of those. Uh, I wouldn't even think to do it. I would just think, okay, when you're you gotta when you're in labor, you go to the hospital. I don't know where you go in the hospital. You just go there. <laughs> We'd be like wandering around like the oncology ward. Yeah, I guess something. I'd like Google search it. I'd like for you'll look for a Yelp review of the maternity <laughs> ward to sort of see if there are any problems. P one or P three. But now we know exactly where to park. <sighs> yes, we do. Uh Gretchen um suggested that I put uh Gretchen Berg um Big listener of the podcast. Oh, hi, Gretchen. Great television writer. Uh, she suggested I put um, two post-its on, my, uh, on the visor of my car uh -huh. that said P1 and P3. Oh, smart. <laughs> I, was, well, I was like, that is very smart. But I've never, uh, I've, 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 I don't think I've ever even flipped down my visor in my car. Mm. I also think like, that's that's pretty much embedded in our brains. Now. Well, now that the idea of the post-its is there, mm. it's I just think it's never going to go away. Yeah. So her suggestion helped. Thank you, Gretchen. <laughs> She's probably going to text me as soon as she hears this. <laughs> um, what else is happening here? I'm trying to think. Here in this house? Yeah, I guess. We got rid of some furniture. Dory's been on, on uh, the Facebook Marketplace marketing our furniture. Listen, I had never bought or sold anything on Facebook Marketplace before. Well, now she can't help herself. And now... She's selling everything. I am loving Facebook Marketplace. Bo is for sale on there. <laughs> no. But if, he, if we needed him to be, he could be. Do you ever try to sell Michael? Uh, No. There was no kid brother for sale? I think... 
I wanted to like flush him down the toilet. Oh, that's not nice. No. Did you not deal well with the... Uh... Has no one filled you in on this? I mean, who's going to fill me in on this? Roberta? Well, you know, Roberta. I have to take all of it with a grain of Roberta. Well, exactly. But, you know, in her her narrative is that I never got over my brother being born. <laughs> okay, I see that. I can see that <laughs> still, actually, yeah. So far, I'm on, on board with her narrative. Um, I mean, there's... I posted a picture on Instagram a while ago that is of me and my brother from... He was probably probably not even one mm-hmm. and i was then oh here it is three ish you just seem that's just <laughs> your normal look <laughs> it's like resting bitch face but on a three-year-old <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> and i look really just angry and my brother, my poor brother, is just, he's just trying to be a happy baby. Yeah. Uh, and then by the time your sister came along? By the time my sister came along, she was so much younger. Yeah. That. You didn't see her as a threat. Yes, yeah, she wasn't so much of a threat. And per yet, se. you guys now have the but same But she was a size. very cute baby. You're saying your brother was not a cute baby. No, he was a cute baby. But I think. By the time my sister came along, I was old enough to sort of like know that she was a really cute baby. You know what I mean? Wait, she was like you a, were old enough to know she was that like she was a, a cute baby, baby that people stopped on the street. Uh, what? Why are people stopping a baby on the streets? That seems weird. Because she was so cute. I mean, that cute though? She was really cute. What is that cute? I don't think I've ever seen a baby that cute. I mean, I've seen very cute babies, but I've never seen a baby that I had to stop on the street. Hey, look, baby. Look, I'm just saying. Way to go. You're pretty cute. Um, Yeah, you know. I don't want to brag, but our baby's either going to be the cutest baby on the planet or real weird looking. <laughs> what would be like the... And I'd be like, all right, look, this is what it is. And I hope people stop us on the street and go, hey, that is a real weird looking baby. He's going to have a stellar personality, though. Hey, hey, hey. hey. I don't... Whose personality will he have? He'll either get the best of both of us or the worst of both of us. If he gets the worst of both of us, God help everyone (laughs) in his path for the rest of time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. God help us, actually. I I don't even... Yeah, I don't know. (sighs) He's going to be like a little smart ass. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Or he could be the dumbest baby alive. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Whatever. Early labor. We know about that. We know about yep. active labor. Yep. Uh, refreshing myself here. We know about pushing. Mm-hmm. I guess. I really am still not even clear on pushing. We know about epidurals. It's we weird, know a it's lot weird about that, epidurals. It's weird that Lamaze is not a thing anymore. Yeah, it's not a thing. Why? I can't go to like a Lamaze class. It's a staples of 80s sitcoms with pregnant people. I know. I, it, it somehow fell out of favor. In favor of what? I don't know. I guess what we just did. Are people doing Lamaze still? Let us know in the comments. Could I find a Lamaze class right now? Maybe. 
Yeah. Did you learn that from 80s sitcoms? I learned that from an episode of the Cosby Show, which had um, John Ritter and his real life uh, wife, whose name, I'm God, she was great. She was on Wings and um, in Princess, uh, in uh, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Uh, that's how I'll, I'll find her. Uh, God, her name. You're gonna. It's I gonna saw Robin know. Hood Men in Tights in the theater. Amy Yazbek. Amy Yazbek. It was uh, Amy Yazbek and John Ritter were playing the couple. Oh. And you know, of course, there was uh, ample opportunity for physical comedy because John Ritter was amazing at it. Uh, and uh, Doctor Huxtable was delivering the baby. Mm. That's everything I know about Lamas class from that episode. <laughs> um. Yeah, we learned a lot. There were a lot of questions about epidurals. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of concerned uh, husbands. Yeah, most of the questions about epidurals were from the male partner, which was interesting. What do you think about that? Why do you think that is? I don't know. I was trying to figure that out. <laughs> uh, Total Control is the name of the episode from 1991. She plays uh, Alice Evans. It's a good episode. I know we're not really. We're not watching the we're Cosby not watching show Cosby these right days. Uh, I'm going to see the writing credits on this. Jay Sandrick did the. Uh, written by Bernie Kukoff and Eric Van Lowe. That episode. You know, I like to give a little shout out to the writers. I appreciate some writers. Um. Anyway. And then the third part was just like, what happens right after you deliver the baby and like right when you get home? Yeah. Uh, and like the first few. Oh, also don't forget when they tried to get us to sign up our friends for um, essential oils. <laughs> they didn't do that. <laughs> um, but they did have a diffuser going and they said you can bring a diffuser. We have a diffuser. No, they, 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 I think it said, like, depending on the hospital. Well, we know Cedars lets you have a diffuser. Oh, we do? Yeah. That was asked? That was asked on the tour and confirmed today. That I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember that part of the tour. You can't have a diffuser in the OR. Well, but if that you're makes just sense because you don't want right. to diffuse essential oils exactly. into your abdomen. Correct. <laughs> but if you're just in regular labor and delivery, if you're just in a regular labor and delivery room, you can have a diffuser. It's very calming. I'm also going to have to make my my delivery, my labor and delivery playlist. And how long is that going to be, you know? Because it's going to be, it could be, you might need a 38-hour playlist. I could just loop it, you know? Just repeat it. Yeah, but then we'll probably go sit crazy. I was thinking like five hours should be good. Jesus. What do you think? I think it's up to you. I mean, if you can find five hours of music you like, then then go for it. I can't. I'm going to try. That's going to be my challenge I set for myself. What is going to be the... Um, we should have, you should have his songs on there, too, you know? Oh, totally. That's a good idea. We have not yet even really discovered or taken the opportunity to shove headphones onto your belly and pump music into the baby. No, we haven't. Which I'm a little disappointed in. We could do that tonight. It's after one of my most recording. disappointed things. What? I, well, it, you know the reasoning. The reason we weeks. can't do it is because, like, I feel like I want, I want a, I want a wired headphone. I don't want to shove a Bluetooth headphone over the baby. Okay. You know? I'd like, I'd like to like take these. You know, these are good. These are good. Nice magnets in here. Okay. 
I don't know if you should put magnets next to a baby. I don't know anything about this. Uh, yeah. We got to figure out what the baby's going to like, though. Or what is it? What was it called? The ba- baby push the push the push song comms on. I don't even know. I I thought I heard a term somewhere. I don't remember recall. the woman who wrote in to us and said that she had played the song a lot. She oh, listened to the song a yes, ton. Yes, yes, and then like yes. she found that it, it was an explosions the in the sky song. <laughs> sure, that I remember. What do you? What, but I don't remember it having a specific term. I thought she had called it something, and then I just sort of accepted it as like the thing. Oh, that we would call it. I don't remember that. I mean, let's see. What do you think? What do you think of the baby song being something? What time is there? A time period like the baby song to be from? Well, I thought we had kind of discussed it being like a Beatles song. Yeah, well, or a George Harrison song. Yeah. Or... Put on my blue suede shoes and boarded the plane Touchdown in the land of the dark I'm just like picturing this being his song and like the second he comes out, us playing it and him being like... Like he stops crying and he's like... I mean, it's great because it's written, you know, it's written by Mark Cohn. So his Jewish roots are already there. Mm. And then, you know, it's a lot of Memphis Elvisy stuff, too, which would help on the on the my side. You should play. Oh, you should learn gonna, to play this song on the I piano. I should play this on the piano. It doesn't sound hard. It's the same <laughs> notes over and over again. Oh, there we go. That's sad he had to hide his Jewish I, heritage. I, I, I think he didn't hide it. He just, you know, was so moved by the music that he, he that he said that he finally was able to uh, let Jesus into his heart. Let Jesus into his vocal cords. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wouldn't. Would, I mean that'd be that'd be I think that that that's a good song for him. That's a good song, but we need a lullaby. We need something that's gonna calm. I got him. A, I got a lullaby. Here we go. Ready? Honey, what is your definition of a lullaby? Do you know oh, this, this song? I is, know this is rockaby. This is not a lullaby. It's called lullaby. But it's not a lullaby. No. We need no. She still lives with her mom. No. This is not going to be his lullaby. But it's going to help him like get to know no. the area. Honey, turn this off. <laughs> Bars on Fairfax. You know, it's all in there. I mean, look, it's just hard. You got to figure out a song for the kid. What does that even mean, though? Did I listen to? music as a baby mom did you listen to music is that why i like the beatles did you just listen to barry manilow the whole time what'd you do to me <laughs> why am i like this what why, happened why are you like this <laughs> wicked game <laughs> this isn't a lullaby i do love this song how, how is this not a lullaby 
sexy. How do you know her baby's not going to be sexy? Immediately. Ew. <laughs> Gross. Remember this video? Uh, no, but I remember the Chris Isaac show. It was black and white on a beach. Sure. With, um, was it a Helena Christensen? Here's a, here's a, here, okay, here's my other pitch for what This is, is turning to a Patreon a, here's episode. Here's what a song could be. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Is he moving at all? Is he feeling this at all? No, he's not. Honey. Yeah. I was right. The video featured supermodel Helena Christensen. Why do you know so much about the... Um, I really liked this video. Chris Isaac music video. <laughs> oh, you know what? It was shot on the big island. Of Hawaii? Yes. Wow, that's pretty good. It was mostly filmed in black and white. Well, on black and white film. Isaac and Christensen were shirtless through most of the video, although her nudity was concealed by clever camera angles. <laughs> it was an iconic video of 1989, I'll have you know. Yeah, I look, I do, I know. I mean, I know you were a little young. I was no, 12. I, I was know. old enough to... But I was probably more... Uh, worldly? Worldly than you at that point. You I'd seen sh- more television. You were six. <laughs> I'd certainly seen more television you than you. almost definitely seen more television. Yeah, that, there's that no, true. no doubt. I mean, what is it? What I don't know if there's any lullabies. Like, what's a lo- like? Are you like rockabye baby? Like, what do you mean when you say lullaby? I mean something like soft and sweet and soothing. Um, soft not like a rock song. just like looking at me like i'm a crazy person you're saying no i don't know you're saying you're passing on that yeah why would you pass on that it's so weird it's pretty good how about how about this because you know when the baby's born you're gonna want to handle them with care (laughs) i love this song but it's not a lullaby Only two fifths of the um, two fifths of the uh, traveling wheelberries are left with us. <sighs> two fifths more than I would have thought. <laughs> Jeff Lynn and Bob Dylan are still with us, honey. I know it's weird that Bob Dylan outlived Tom Petty. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, it's George is the youngest Beatle. Anyway. Mm. We'll figure it out, guys. If you have any suggestions, please let us know. If you don't have any suggestions, you're probably just a normal human being (laughs) trying to do what they do. (laughs) All right. We're going to take a short break. Oh, is that that break time already? It's about that time. I can't believe it's already break time. Be right back. All right, honey. We're back. Hello. Uh, still no more luck on what song is going to be the baby's uh, lullaby song. Yeah. 
but we'll figure it out. Hang on. Ugh. Oh boy, he's <sighs> taking guitar down. He's taking a guitar down. It's an acoustic guitar. I got, I got it. Ready? You, you can sing. You, can you sing the you walking in Memphis too? Because yeah, that's that's the song. It is a very easy song to play. Apparently, boarded a plane, touchdown in the land. Oh, sorry, that's an F. Land of the Delta Blues in the middle of the pouring rain. You see, Andy. Oh, I forget the words. Oh, hang on. <laughs> then I was walking. Thanks, Then I was walking in Memphis, walking with my feet ten feet off the field, walking in Memphis. <laughs> but do I really feel? Hang on, no, that's not. You're not there. Uh, he has to. He plays those two chords. And oh, goes, sorry. And then you go. Nightly, but but do I really feel the way I feel? It's a sus, then it's a G sus. Anyway, that's a lot of fun, right? Yeah, we could do a little duet. Saw the ghost, ghost of Elvis down on Union Avenue. Followed him up to the gates of Graceland. And I had to walk right through. I'm not looking at the lyrics. I'm just remembering this. <laughs> do a little number. Do you think is that he's, the is he into it? The baby is reacting at all? No movement. <laughs> oh, this is a waste of our time. Then. <laughs> well, he's not wearing headphones. Do you think if he was? Do you think if he was wearing headphones in any way, shape, or he would remotely? Be moving. Should I put my headphones on him and you can play it? <laughs> Guys, we're just trying to figure out how to make this baby a happy baby. Oh, there he just moved. Do you think it's Mark Cohn? Yes. Do you think he really wants us to do Walking in Memphis? Yes. I don't think he does. No, he probably doesn't. <sighs> we didn't even get to the ma'am, are you a Christian child? And I said, ma'am, I am tonight. We didn't get to that part. Uh, oh, hang on. I'll pop us there right now. Uh, let me just let me just. I'll play along with him. We'll all be happy here, guys. If you don't like Mark Cohen, oh, sorry. Wow, I weirdly hit that at the exact same at the right point. So someone named Muriel who's playing piano. Hollywood, and they brought me down to see her and asked me if I would. all my mind she said tell me are you a christian child and i said ma'am i am tonight we'll have to get a choir to back us up though <laughs> maybe that's it maybe he loves that are we even recording yep oh okay <laughs> just, part of me was like maybe we're not recording <laughs> we sure it's harder are. than you'd think to um play guitar uh and try to do a podcast i was gonna say it's harder than you'd think to play guitar with headphones into a microphone and i'm like no it's not that's how everyone <laughs> records music <laughs> uh, um Oh, just before we get to the emails, just going to remind everyone, you can email us at dorianmatt at gmail or mattanddory gmail. 
And our phone number is... If you've got thoughts on baby music, has, did you play music for your baby? Do you, did you grow up in a musicless household? Are you a worse person for it? Let me know. There was a lot of music in my household growing up. I had my own record player. I did too, a Fisher-Price record player. I had a Holly Hobby one. I had a Fisher-Price record player that I would play Beatles records on. And it spun slightly slower than it should have. And as oh, now a result, really, when, now I, really when I finally heard the Beatles, I was like, why is it so fast? <laughs> Um, and our phone number is 413-461-BABY. Do you think he'd rather have the share version of Walking in Memphis? Put on my blue suede shoes and I boarded the plane. Touch down in the land of the Delta Blues. <laughs> oh, I gotta hear, I gotta hear, hang on, I gotta hear Cher hit that, everybody. Boy, you got a prayer in Memphis. I'm a silver. Ask me if you found wood. Do a little number. And I sang with all my mates. He said, Tell me, are you a Christian child? And I said, Man, I am tonight. Gender swap. She gender flipped it. Yeah, I love it. I love a gender flip in a song lyric. Uh, I would like to. See, is she still performing in Vegas? I think so. I would like to see the Beatles that. would never do that though. Never do what? They would not gender flip. Oh sure. Uh, they didn't care. They just wanted to do the the lyrics. Like I mean, for instance. Talking about boys is the name of the song. Mm. Yeah, guys, what a musical interlude that was! Wow. If you'd like more of this kind of thing, join our Patreon. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to kick things off with this email from Emma. 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 Hi, Matt and Dory. That's what Albert Finney would call uh, Judy Dench in Skyfall. Let's oh, take a moment to remember the great Albert, Albert Finney. Finney in. Amazing actor in one of the only two movies that have ever made me cry, Big Fish. Thank you, Albert Finney. You know, he was also Daddy Warbucks. Of course he was Daddy Warbucks. One of my favorite movies as of a, of my childhood. Well, there you go. You know, I saw it on, on saw the touring show when it came to Boston when I was four. Of Annie. I mean, it was nice of them to take you out even though your brother was born. It was very nice of them. <laughs> But I love the album. I played it on my Holly Hobby record player. Well, I get it. All right. From Emma. I stopped the podcast to write in. My first baby came in 2015. was an emergency C-section. We lived six hours from any family and had no idea what to do. But I just want to write in to say we survived. Dare I say, thrived. I was so jealous of people who had grandma living across the street, et cetera, at the time. But I think the experience reminded me that my husband and I could do this together, even if we were alone. Our family was, a, was able to occasionally help, but it was in four-day concentrated visits, and then we were alone. You will all do great. Yes, my cat peed on every surface while I was in the hospital, but she eventually got over it. Your friends will absolutely help out, and if not, hire a sitter. No. I'm just kidding. 
I am now about seven weeks ahead of you and due to have my C-section next week due to a cholestasis. Cholestasis? Uh, I was going to say cholestasis. Cholestasis? I don't know what that is. I'm Googling it. Cholestasis is what I was going to say. That was A reduction or stoppage of bile Damn flow. Damn it. I missed it. Disorders of the liver, bile duct, or pancreas can cause cholestasis. Interesting. Oh, cholestasis of pregnancy makes an expectant mom very itchy. Oh, that's got to be annoying. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry you're dealing with that, Emma. Uh, we have actually moved closer to family now, but my husband is in training for an overseas government job, and he cannot miss any work. We scheduled our section for 5 p.m. so he could be there. Mm. Just wanted to say you will be fine. Maybe your house will be messy or you'll eat a lot of takeout, but everyone will be great. Keep recording. Well, that's what we're going to do. Thank you, Emma. And good luck. Uh, I'm going to play a voicemail. Have a good cesarean. Yeah. Hi, this is Kristen. Um, First of all, I just want to say congratulations. And then I just had a thought about being away from family. Um, I just wanted to say that we actually moved to Wisconsin with twins when they were three months old and we knew nobody for states around and it was scary but it was actually kind of wonderful because we felt like we could really parent however way that we wanted to and we weren't feeling kind of watched over or judged by family members or friends even if they you know were making loving comments it just made it easier to do what we wanted and it really brought me and my husband closer together, I think, and made us really feel like a family of four. Made you really feel the way you um, do. And then my other, so I hope maybe you all will have a similar experience, even though it is hard to be away from family. And then the other thing I would say is as soon as you can, find a trusted babysitter. Um, we moved before our third child was born, and I actually interviewed and found a sitter that I felt comfortable with before he was even born born <laughs> and it made a huge difference with my anxiety. So I would say ask your friends, go on care.com, interview people in person, call the references Synergy, and baby. line up somebody even before the baby is born that you feel comfortable with. Anyway, those are just my thoughts. Take them or leave them and congratulations to you both. And I really respect what you all are doing. Thanks. Bye. I mean, I wouldn't respect it, but I appreciate what you're saying. <laughs> I don't even respect it. Wow. I mean, look, I know what I'm doing. I don't respect anything I'm doing. Dory's doing great, though. Dory sold a book. I don't like your negative self-talk. Honey. Yes. We should have started the podcast with your lullaby because you sold another book. Oh, yeah. I sold another book, you guys. How so did we bury the lead? We buried the lead. I sold, um, a book of, I sold a book of essays. Hang on, I'm going to need a Dory theme song. Here we go. <laughs> White stripes. <laughs> sure. Tell them about your book, honey. Uh, my book is a book of essays. Don't want to hear about it. Oh, oh sorry. you don't want to hear about it? All right. Every single one's got a it's weirdly appropriate. Oh, <laughs> uh, guys, the book of essays. I didn't mean for Jack White to be so rude to my wife. Jack White is rude. I like Jack White. Um, yeah, it's a book of essays called Thanks for Waiting. 
Um, it's about kind of doing things on your own timetable and how women feel pressure to do things at a certain time could in it be, a certain way. Could any of them have to do with maybe trying to have a child so late or uh, getting married so late? Yeah. Or yeah. All of those things. Just being a... Just being a cool lady. Just being a lady. Um, and yeah, just kind of about being a late bloomer and redefining like what that means. And like, 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 like reveling in it. Honey, I, uh, you know, I cannot be prouder of you. Oh, thank nor you. am I, uh, I'm never not impressed by oh, you, you as a person and as a professional and as someone who can get things going on their own. And, uh, you know. Thanks, babe. Oh, of course. Look, no one, I did, but yeah, I'm your, I'm your uh, biggest, uh, I was going to say fan, but I feel like Christopher Fernaghi might be our biggest fan. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, look, it's very exciting. She's, like, going to be a new mom and write a book. What is going on over here? This is a crazy town. It is a little crazy town. Yes, it is. But, you know, my mom told me oh, that. Oh, boy. Here we she go. Had Did my- she gaslight you? No, she didn't. But show me that when she had my sister, who was, you know, her third child, she was writing um, a TOEFL book. TOEFL is the test of English as a foreign language. She wrote like like a TOEFL prep book. Uh-huh. And she had three kids. She was writing that book with a newborn. Wow. And a spy dad. And a, and a spy dad. <laughs> She said they hired uh, someone to help them who went to Simmons. <laughs> I bet it was probably the um, best deal. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so the the goal is to get the book done by August 1st, but my agent and I were, we talked to my editor about it, and we were just like, look, we don't know what things are going to be like when this baby comes. I might be able to get it done. I might not. Like, you have to be open to it possibly getting pushed to the next book season. I bet you could do it. And she was like, fine. Because you can crank out an essay in like a week. The thing is, like, I actually feel like I work better under pressure. Like, I work better when it's like, you need to get this done in a week Instead of like, you can get this done whenever. I don't do well with you can get this done whenever. Oh, I mean, look, I, mean, I live in a world of deadlines. Yeah. We're so, literally recording in one right now. Right. I mean, look at us with our Patreon episodes. We always sort of, they always end up coming out at the deadline. I know. But we get them out. We do. Because we have to. So if I get it done by August 1st, which is when they want it. Exactly. Then it would come out in the summer of 2020, which is like not that far away. That's pretty good. Summer 2020. Yeah, I guess like everyone is trying to avoid having books come out um, in the fall of 2020 because of the election. You want to have it coming out in the fall? No, no one like no one wants books to come out in the fall of 2020 because of the election. Oh, I see. So you either get it done before the election or you wait till yeah you know the following spring or whatever interesting 
Honey, I love it. I can't wait this for, for this to be turned into a Nora Ephron movie. Oh, my dream. Um, all right. Sorry for that little diet, like uh, the no, sidebar. It was, it was a digression. Digression. Of, uh, thank pride. You. Very, oh, thank uh, you. I appreciate that. I can't that. believe I, we didn't even talk about it at the beginning. We had so much else to talk about. Um, all right. This next email is from Megan. Megan. Pressure. Megan is a longtime egghead. All right. She says, I posted about this in the Facebook group, but I know not everyone is into social media. So I want to send a quick email about something that I think is super important and exciting for eggheads in New York State or covered by New York State insurance plans. Okay. Let's hear it. For a few years now, Resolve and others have been working hard to get the Fair Access to Fertility Treatment Act, FAFTA, passed in New York. FAFTA would expand the current infertility insurance law in New York State to include inc- to include insurance coverage of IVF, yay, as well as ensure fertility preservation is available for cancer patients and add non-discrimination language to ensure that all eligible individuals can receive coverage. FAFTA passed both chambers in different forms in 2018, but was never reconciled and signed. But now that one party controls both chambers of the state legislature, the bill has already been introduced this year to both chambers in nearly identical forms. It has the support of the governor. So I really think we can make this a reality in 2019. But the bill has not passed yet, and there's Uh no guarantee that it will. Uh So I encourage anyone who supports FAFTA to reach out to your state representatives to let them know how important the passage of this legislation would be to allow New Yorkers facing infertility and cancer diagnoses have a real chance to build their families without facing tens of thousands of dollars in medical bills. We uh, have a lot of New York listeners, so... We do. Take this... uh Take this as a as a call to arms. Yeah. I've been coordinating with Resolve and with interested individuals to help provide talking points and resources to make the advocacy process easier. We'd be happy to add anyone who's interested to the calls and emails distribution list. Please feel free to connect me with them via email. This is not my job or anything, just something I'm passionate about after having faced IVF myself. And I would be so excited if when January 1st, 2020 comes, thousands more New Yorkers are able to access fertility treatment with adequate insurance coverage. Love it. Thank you, Megan. Um, yeah, Megan is an egghead. She's in the Facebook group. That's probably the easiest way to find her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, New Yorkers, get on that. Um, I think it's time for us to take another short break. I, already? Yeah. This is just flying by. Must I be know. all the music. Must be. Here we go. Be right back, everybody. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, Not only do my feet 
sort of jump for joy. But like, I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, well, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. We're back. We are back. Um, so last week I went on a little rant about safe sleep. I won't get off on a rant here, which was how um, Dennis Miller would start his show all the time. Mm. Anyway, go ahead. You got on a safe sleep rant? Oh, yeah, remember that last week? I went on a little Honey, safe sleep rant. I live with a safe sleep ranter, so I don't remember it on the podcast. Mm. That's all I have so, to say. So I heard from several listeners who wanted to be like, who, well, they didn't want to be like, they actually were like, um, okay, that's nice that you want to practice safe sleep, but just wait. You're going to put your kid, you're going to need a rock and play and put your kid to sleep in it. Which is a little rude. Okay, noted. But I did hear from Betty, who said... B-E-D-D-Y? B-E-T-T-Y. Okay. Hi, Dory. I hate when people give parenting advice so much that I even get annoyed when you get tons of it. So I've not wanted to give you one smidge of unsolicited advice, even though I'm a safe sleep fanatic, too. Yeah, I'm so thrilled to hear you've educated yourself on safe safe sleep and are so dedicated. My eight-month-old has always been in her bassinet or crib. It can be done. We are alone in a sea of bed sharers and swing sleepers. It's very cool of you to be out there speaking safe sleep truths. May you be blessed with an angelic little sleeper who loves his crib, Betty, still in her 1,500-square-foot cape in Connecticut. I love a cape in Connecticut. Uh, And... Just going to read this other one from Julie. Honey, are you only reading emails that support you? Yep. This is unbelievable. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I just, I gave the summary of the people who don't support me, and they all said the same thing. They were all literally were like, 
you're going to need a rock and play. So you might as well just get one now. So were they like, we also tried to be safe sleepers, but we found that it was impossible. A couple of them were. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I think you should speak to that experience. Everyone's experience totally. is valid. Totally. Everyone's experience is valid. Guys, I'm sorry, but Dory's a little <laughs> bit of a hellion when it comes to this sleep email situation. Uh, all right. This is from Julie. Dory, I just want to say thank you for addressing safe sleep on the latest <laughs> podcast. You have a large platform and can reach a lot of first-time moms. There are so many products on the market that are aimed at unsuspecting parents. Let me just say, sidebar to that, a lot of the things, it's, so, it's, so, it's actually so deceptive. Honey, did you know that the only things that are actually safe for sleep no. are things that are labeled bassinets, pack-and-plays, or cribs? I did not know that. Things labeled sleepers are not safe for sleep. According to who? According to the American... Baby sleep organization? Baby sleep or The American pack and play organization. Oh, well, weird. The pack and play. Yeah, it's weird. Be like, hey, only pack and plays are safe for sleep. No, but seriously, uh, the rock and play is labeled a sleeper. And it's not actually safe for sleep look if you want to know more about safe sleep you can visit the march of dimes and their safe sleep for your baby well what do they have to say they are a sponsor of this podcast because we are joining them in the march dimes uh put your baby to sleep on his back mm-hmm. Alone. first of all what if it's not a he Jeez, march of dimes uh firm surface yep. like a crib or bassinet uh-huh don't bed share. Uh-huh. Put your baby to sleep in their own crib or bassinet. Yes. Safe sleep can protect your baby from sudden infant death syndrome. Thank you, March of Dimes. And other dangers. Thank you. Thank you, March of Dimes. God. All right. Continuing with Julie's the email. The best place for your baby to sleep is in a bassinet or crib. <clears throat> what did I just say? I don't know. Yeah. If you have multiples... Put each baby in his own bassinet or crib. Yeah, so you know what? That was asked at our at our thing today, and yeah. it, it took a lot in me not to say something because Moses baskets are aren't safe, and she wants to put both her twins in there. And the instructor said that was okay, and I was like, "Oh God!" <sighs> but I was like, "I'm gonna let it go." But Moses baskets are bassinets. I don't think they all. They are. are. Well, look, I'm. I'm I'm gonna go off on a tangent of my own here. No, they're not. They're not bassinets, aren't they? No, they're baskets. They are called baskets. Well, how the hell are you gonna get the ba- Moses away unless you send him down the river? Honey, no one's sending anyone down the river. That's what Moses baskets are for. I know, but in this day and age, they're not doing it. Is there like a? I mean, I'm very confused by this whole situation. Right. It's deliberately confusing. Okay. It's, uh, you know, it's just, it's there to to confuse parents. Tune in to my, uh, it seems like Moses baskets are all being sold here to hold towels. Right, because they're not actually safe for babies to sleep in. Well, hang on. This is a hooded. I'm, I'm, I'm just looking on Amazon here. Yeah, this is we're doing a service for all of our uh, service people. Space for baby anywhere in the house. 
it's safe for your baby to sleep at home or when visiting friends. Mm. That's what this says. Not true. Well, here's what I don't understand. What makes a what makes a particular hooded Moses baby basket basket thing unsafe? That's my question. Great question. It seems to be a flat surface with only with nothing else in it. So it's like it seems to be like a just a little contained uh you know, whatchamacallit. You know what I think part of the issue is with Moses baskets is that people don't have a firm surface. Um and it has puffy I think if you have it padded also that is unsafe. See, look, this is just, uh, it's one of those things that uh, Dory really... Uh... Yeah, okay, here. There are no federal safety standards for Moses baskets. Okay. Um, so, you can, the babies can roll against the side of the basket and risk suffocation. You may think that the liners and extra bedding in the basket enhance the comfort, but they also increase the risk of suffocation and sudden infant death syndrome. Hmm. All babies should sleep on their backs on a firm surface, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics. A soft bedding, which does not fit tightly against the side of the basket, can lead to suffocation. According to the Consumer Product Safety Commission, loose bedding and suffocation causes two-thirds of crib and bassinet-related deaths every year. You know, it's interesting that um, all of these pictures of Moses baskets, not one of them is advertised with an actual baby in it. Exactly. (laughs) I'm just saying. Also... Oh, found one. Moses baskets have handles, which make them easy to carry around. However, there's always the risk of the handles malfunctioning or the baby falling out due to lack of safety belts. It is best to check for frayed and detached handles before moving the baby. Look, babies are very needy. Anyway. So, anyway. Continuing on this email. Okay. From Julie. Safe Um, sleep was one of the things I really got into while I was pregnant because I wanted to keep my anxiety as low as possible after birth. I wish safe sleep was as widely practiced as car seat safety. It seems to be written off a lot of the time because as parents, we try to do our best to keep our sanity the first couple of months, which for some means resorting to unsafe practices. I try to be as vocal as possible in the IVF Facebook group. So many moms using rock and plays and DACA tots. It's heartbreaking to me, especially since so many spend so much time and money doing IVF. It made me less anxious about SIDS and the baby sleeping in general to know that everything... Back to your Moses thing. I'm reading another website here. Yeah? You can safely put your baby into a Moses basket only if you take certain precautions while using it and only if you're watching your baby at all times. Consumerreports.org strongly recommends against using them at all. Okay. Guys, I'm a Consumer Reports guy. So, okay. So. so when they said that in the class today, I was like... Don't use a Moses basket <gasps> as a nighttime sleep environment for your baby. Yeah. I thought the class was great, but that one part, I was sort of like... Um, Maybe she assumed that the, not, the proper precautions were being taken. But But there's no such thing, especially putting two in there. You're you're only supposed to use the Moses basket up to 15 pounds. And so, like, I don't know. The whole thing was just like... Look, I'm not a mother of twins. No. Um, okay. 
It made me less anxious about SIDS and the baby sleeping in general to know that everything I was doing was the safe way for her to sleep. My daughter has never slept unsafely. Anyway, I just wanted to thank you for saying something. It made me so happy to hear you say you were fanatic about safe sleep. I enjoyed listening to your podcast the last couple of years, and it helped me so much to know someone else was going through IVF at the same time. I can't wait for you guys to get to experience parenthood. P.S. If you have any questions about anything after your son is born, this Facebook group is great. And she points to the Safe Sleep and Baby Care Evidence-Based Support Group, which I am already a member of. So Mm. I've been getting all of this evidence-based support for weeks now. I love evidence-based. That's where all my learnings come from. I love evidence-based support. They are very into evidence-based. Anytime someone says something, they're like, where's your evidence? And and (laughs) there's a big brouhaha the other day because someone pointed to a WebMD article as evidence and the mods were like, this is not good enough. And she got very upset and left the group. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. I don't understand people sometimes. (laughs) You know what it is? I don't understand people in mass. Yeah. Individual people. I almost understand. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to play a voicemail. Hi, Bo, Matt, and Dory. Um, I was calling uh, because I just wanted to let you guys know. um, I've been listening to you guys since about July 2018. Um, We were doing fertility treatment before that, but it's really when we started our IVF journey of our own. Um, And, you know, I just uh, wanted to thank you guys for sharing your journey. Um, It really helped me in uh, being realistic in my expectations and, you know, kind of prepare for the the journey ahead. we are very lucky. Uh, we're now pregnant. I'm three months pregnant, and um, we're having a baby boy who is healthy, and we're very excited. Um, so I was calling mostly because um, I am really struggling and finding um, some books to uh, listen to. Uh, I, you know, I work full time, and I have to do a lot of driving, and so really audiobooks would be uh, the most beneficial for me. Um, and my time restraints, but I didn't know, I can't find a lot of the, like the main books you see, like they don't have on Audible. Um, so I didn't know if anybody, you know, knew of other ways to get the, those types of books or had any suggestions for audio books, um, that I could listen to and also parenting books too. I'd love to get started on reading some parenting books as well. Um, once again, I really appreciate, um, you guys doing uh, this podcast. It's really meant a lot to me. Um, and I wish you guys the best of luck and everything. Thank you. So this came up before because I was looking for audiobooks for you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and couldn't find really that many or any. Um, there seems to be a big hole in the market. There's like not um, many pregnancy Should or parenting we books. fill that hole with this podcast? Yes. <laughs> like, for example, there is this book that I read called Expecting Better. Um, and the only audiobook that appears to be available, it's not, it doesn't look like it's on Audible. It looks like there's a CD you can buy, <laughs> <laughs> which just seems weird. Um, trying to see if there's anything else. Uh, bringing up Bebe is on Audible. Okay. People people like that book. Um, nope the the ex- oh huh. 
So the Expecting Better Woman has a new book coming out called Crib Sheet, a data-driven guide to better, more relaxed parenting from birth to preschool. But it looks like it's not going to have an audiobook. What is that? That's so weird. I think it's because they don't want people raising children unless they can read. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> Should be. Um, yeah, the book that was written by the woman who runs our ran our childbirth class or today is not an audiobook. Um this book Like a Mother which we had the author on Forever 35 it is a feminist journey through the science and culture of pregnancy that is on Audible. So you could try that. Hmm. But yeah, you're right, there's not a ton. And I don't quite know why. Are you in the publishing industry? Do you know why? Write in. Let us know. Um, all right. Honey, we're running a little short on time. Does, we don't have to be running short on time. Okay. We could do a nine hour podcast. Okay. I just I, I we had a we had a signal go out that's actually related to IVF and since we hadn't had one of those in a little while, I wanted to read it. Okay, okay. It's from Sarah. Um, after several months of testing and suggestions from our fantastic RE in early 2018, she recommended that my husband get karyotype and micro Y deletion testing done. He had high sperm DNA fragmentation that did not really respond to high doses of vitamins or antioxidants. The micro Y deletion test came back normal. However, the karyotype testing came back with the interpretation saying he has a complex chromosome rearrangement. Apparently, chromosome rearrangement is normally found on two chromosomes. However, my husband has his rearrangement on three, chromosomes one, two, and three. Our GP, my gynecologist, our RE, and the lab who created the PGS, for, PGS test for us all stated they'd never seen this before. The lab we worked with gave us a one in four chance of creating a normal slash balanced blastocyst. Of the seven blastocysts we were able to biopsy in November, only one little guy was normal slash balanced, and that January transfer resulted in a chemical pregnancy. Mm. We were both very that happy. Was right where we were right before. Yep. We were both very happy to have a clear reason for the cause of our infertility and are grateful we were even able to get to the transfer stage, but it's quite isolating not knowing anyone else who's going through this. While it'd be great to hear a pregnancy success story for someone who has a three-way rearrangement, the fact that none of our doctors have seen this isn't really promising on that front. I know it is a long shot, but I guess I'm just hoping that someone listening might be in a similar situation and know they aren't the only ones. Anyhow, wishing you all the best in the home stretch and beyond. Um, so yeah, if you, if you or your partner or, you know, if you know someone with one of these, please reach out and let us know what the outcome was, how you dealt with it. Hmm. Yeah. Dusting off the IVF signal. Dusting off the old IVF signal. Um, we also heard from someone about the vibrator question from the last episode. Yeah. Um, it's from Laura, who is a third-year medical student hoping to go into either family medicine or OBGYN. Um, she says she actually had the opportunity to learn about this during her OBGYN rotation. The physician oh, I was following had no issues with it at all. The only time it ever came up as an issue is when using a particular toy with an IUD in. The string can get caught in any bristly or spinning parts and get yanked out. Ouch. Ah. As far as that person's doctor's statement about ultrasound frequencies and damage to the baby, that's just simply not true. 
Ultrasounds aren't usually done during the early stages of pregnancy. That isn't because it will hurt the baby. It's because you can't see shit until a certain gestational age. (laughs) After that period, there isn't really any need to do it again until the anatomy scan unless they suspect something is wrong. Every physician has their own preferences, but I'd say most follow the recommended guidelines to make sure they are treating patients with the best and most up-to-date care possible. Also, another thing that has been bothering me and a few of my other med school friends that listen to your podcast. It's a bunch of us. Okay. Ramekin Queer (laughs) called in a few weeks ago about breastfeeding and mentioned that HIV isn't transmitted through breast milk and it is just a lie perpetrated by formula formula lobbyists. Eek! HIV can absolutely be transmitted through breast milk and other bodily fluids. Wait, did she say that and we just glanced over, we glossed over that? I don't, yeah, I don't remember that. But I believe Laura. Ramekin queer. Bodily fluids. I mean, in mass, if you're drinking, I would have to think. Well, let's hear what the rest of what Laura yeah, But I'm say. not in med school, so I'd like to give my opinion. <laughs> uh, it is dependent on viral load. So there is the possibility that if mom is taking her medications properly, that she will not transmit the virus to her baby. But it is definitely a risk. I 100% agree that breast is best if mom is able to do it. However, I'm so thankful that there are other options out there for women that choose not to or are not able to breastfeed for any reason. Scientific communication is a huge pet peeve of mine. So when I hear actual nonsense coming from what seems like a good source, love you, Ramekin Queer, I feel the need to step in. Um, thank you for your awesome podcast, Laura M. Hmm. Thank you, Laura. I love, I love science. You love science. Science information is one of my favorite things on the planet. So there you go. Um, All right. We also heard last week from someone who wanted to know about whether like a a switch was flipped in terms of wanting or not wanting kids. Remember that? Yes, I do remember that. We got a voicemail about it. Let's hear it. Hey, Matt and Dory. This is Maria from Chicago. First time caller. Long time listener. I was calling to answer the question about the switch to have kids. So me and my fiance were currently pregnant with our first. And when we first met, he was unsure about when he wanted to have kids. I wanted to have kids pretty early on, but he just wasn't sure when. And he would joke about, oh, it's going to take like in 10 years and five years, et cetera, et cetera. And then one day, um, after knowing my niece for like a year or two and being around more kids, uh, I just switched in him and he was like, okay, I think we're ready. And that was before we even got engaged. So um, there was definitely a switch. I don't know if it was because he had never been around children and then all of a sudden was around more children because of me or if it was just that he was turning or is turning 30 this year and decided that it was time, like in a timeline type of switch. But um, it was it was very weird. All of a sudden it went from, oh, maybe we'll have them in five years to, okay, I think I'm ready now. So I don't really know if that helps, but that was our experience with it. And, yeah, I hope that the caller or emailer figures out um, if that switch will ever happen or if they're happy if that switch doesn't ever happen all right thanks for the podcast bye what Mm. (laughs) she just was saying her fiance 
switched. But did a switch go off? Yes. It did. But what was the switch? She thinks it's because he was turning 30. Everyone's different. And also, it sounds like he had a, she has a niece, and they became close with the baby niece, and that kind of like... Yeah, if you're around babies, that begets a yeah. desire to have babies. Yeah, or it begets a desire not to I'll have babies. I'll tell you, that's usually the case for me. Really, <laughs> I really just want to go sleep, everybody. <laughs> um, okay, this is from Devin. Hello, Matt and Dory. I'm not a parent or prospective parent, but I'm curious what activity you look most forward to sharing with your son. This doesn't necessarily mean in the first few years of his life. Perhaps Matt is looking forward to his first uh, of age Vegas trip with the boy and Dory maybe a really special book TV show or movie I'm not 21 years from now no thank you (laughs) I ask this because these types of bonding experience are are what bonding experiences are what made me the person I am today I don't know that I'd want to go to Vegas with my son I hope he doesn't develop the (laughs) the itch Oh boy. With my father, it was my first listen to the Abbey Road LP when I was eight. And with my mother, it was learning how to make my first pasta dish. To this day, I'm still a massive Beatles fan. And if I do say so myself, an above average cook because of these experiences. This topic intrigued me because sharing your likes with your children is a big rite of passage for many parents. And I wanted to know what was important to you to pass on to your son. Do you have an answer? Read the last sentence again. One of our other listeners. Uh, topic intrigued me because sharing your likes with your children is a big rite of passage for many parents, and I wanted to know what was important to you. To I pass might on never to your share son. any likes with my child because I'd be afraid that they will reject it. <laughs> oh, um, no, I think it'd be nice to, uh, you know, baseball, show them Monty Python, guitars. Sure, music for sure. Uh, baseball, the Red Sox, of course, and um, Fenway Park, and uh, you know, Canopy Lake Park. Even though we live very close to Disneyland, Disneyland books, Want the kid to read Nova. Hope he enjoys his first episode of Nova. <laughs> Hope he gets really into the Titanic sinking like I did. Yeah. Anyway, that's sort of it. Dory, what do you got? I was going to say just reading in general. Reading in books. I think especially in this day and age, in our age of screens and phones, it's important to cultivate a love of reading a paper book with no distractions. I think it's important. Yeah. Hmm. But, you know, I don't, I feel like whatever the kid wants to read, if if the kid wants to read, you know, I don't know, whatever. Graphic novels, comic books, fine. As long as they're focused on something static. Yeah. That they can't swipe or click on a link or something. You know what I mean? Totally. To a point. But also, like, you got to integrate the kid into what society Of course. Like. There's, but there's, there's a time and a place for that. Sure. I want time him, is now. I want him to have a love of, of 
not doing that. I'd like too. him to use, you know, his imagination. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, in an effort to probably help that along, I think, you know, Lego-y kind of things, you know, obviously mm-hmm. not Lego Legos until he's old enough to not swallow them. But, um, yeah. I think we both want the same thing. Yeah. A genius child who loves all the things we love. <laughs> Is that too much to ask? Um, I don't think so. Um, all right. So we were talking about the lullaby before, and Jenna wrote in because she wanted Matt to recommend a few nice slow songs to add to my daughter's bedtime playlist. Oh, no. <laughs> On the recommendation of my brother who has three children, I made a quiet playlist for my daughter before she was born, and we played at bedtime and nap time or whenever she may need to be soothed. She loves songs like Bob Dylan's Blown in the Wind, Bob Marley's Three Little Birds, Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World, and Cat Stevens's The Wind. Can you recommend some other songs to add to your playlist, to her playlist? Her lullaby is Mockingbird by Peter, Paul, and Mary. Yeah, sure. Here's one. Oh, oh dear. I'm sorry, everybody. I forgot the name. Something new, baby, honey, to keep me loving you. Anyway, that's Marvin, uh, Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell, your precious love. I mean, I would say add that immediately uh, if you haven't already. You know what? Um, I would also add uh, Daydream by the Love and Spoonful. What a day for a daydream. What a day for a daydreaming boy. And I'm lost in a daydream. Is that too upbeat, you think? No, I think that's good. But I was just going to play a song that, that was my parents' lullaby for one of my parents' songs, like for uh, me as a little kid. Sure. Do you know what this is? No. Diana Ross. Baby, baby. Linda Ronstadt. Oh, Linda Ronstadt. All right. So, you sure. Know, that could be a good one. How about how about this? I had a Fisher Price uh, musical uh, thing imaging you cranked and it would play this song. Aww. And just like the guy's feet are too big for his bed. Oh, I have a good one. Nothing seems to fit. Those I have one. Raindrops are falling on my head. They keep falling. So I just did me some talk. Okay. She has one, everybody. Go. Puff the magic dragon. Mary. Took me a minute. Sorry, everybody. In the autumn mist in a land called Hanalee. 
Yeah, those are all good ones. And then maybe I would do. That song's so sad. So he has to understand that space travel is dangerous. She. actually makes me cry. This one's not as sad as uh, Space Oddity. Okay. Um, yeah, his he loses this is sight of Earth and I can't know. communicate anymore. Anyway, yeah. So those are a couple songs that might be fun for the kid to listen to, and then uh, I don't know. Do you got anything else? No, I think those are. Oh, some you know, uh, look, just uh, because we're. Uh, we are uh, Dave Matthews Band uh, House. It's alright. Stop your crying now. Nothing is here to stay. Okay. Everything has to begin and end. Another sad song. All we can do is dream that the wind will blow us across the water. Honey. Yes, dear. I just found out that there's something called lullaby renditions of the Dave Matthews Band. lullaby renditions of like many artists that used to send them to me like as CDs. There's Beyonce ones. This. That's insanity. How about this? That is not a song that lends itself to that kind of thing. How about thing. this? Guys, this is a real classic Patreon. Single ladies? <laughs> As a lullaby. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, right? It's the only day Matthew's song she let me have on our wedding list. finish this episode. It's going to go on for three hours. I mean, that might, that might be a good one to play, put on your list for your actual kid. Do you 
think it might be too loud, you can play the live version of Dave and Tim in Vegas. Not falling, but rising like rolling around. All right, are we ready for landing? <laughs> All right, we just have a, a couple more emails. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, this is from Liz. Dory, you mentioned photographing the first few moments with the baby, and Matt said he'd like to see those moments oh, with his own eyes. Oh, we did talk about that then last week. Okay. Yeah. Yes and yes. You should consider a birth photographer if you're a photo person or photo people, and I acknowledge not everyone is as into them as I am. I had a lot of fertility struggles, including a 19-week loss and 10 rounds of fertility treatment, including three IVF retrievals. Somehow I conceived my own miracle baby when we were gearing up for our fourth and final IVF round. I wanted photos of the birth since I knew should we get to have a healthy baby, we were done. I had two from earlier successful attempts but didn't know about birth photography. My husband was a little apprehensive of having a stranger in the room, but we met with our photographer and really clicked. We talked about what we did and did not want on camera. No money shot things. The photos are beautiful. We were both so glad to have had her there. We had the first photographer at a birth at our hospital, and everyone was a little skeptical. But at the end of the birth, the doctors, nurses, and midwives agreed it was wonderful and started sharing stories from all the births that parents were taking pictures rather than actually being in the moment. Don't be those parents. That's what I'm saying. Either have someone take a few pictures or wait a bit. They grow up fast, but not that fast. Um, And this is Liz from West Roxbury, Massachusetts. She's in 1,200 square feet with two parents, three kids, and two cats. Um, so, that's a, that's a, an email in favor of a birth photographer. I'm on board. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Um, do you remember a few weeks ago, we heard from the woman who asked about drinking and we we kind of gently told her she was drinking too much yes we got an update from oh, her god we're, from, we're bad people no this oh. is crystal the one who used to have 15 to 20 drinks per week i've been meaning to email y'all since i heard you wondering how we were doing on episode 209 update we are deep into our three month no drinking challenge Interesting. After that, we are going to have my husband do another semen analysis in April. The doctor still believes that the odds are not in our favor since he had the testicular torsion when he was young. Sure. He really wants to cover all his bases and take vitamins and CoQ10, etc. before we move on to sperm donors or other options. I realized that y'all were pretty shocked when you heard the number of drinks. We both work from home and our networking slash friend time is going out after work. The people in our social circle go out and drink every day. Crazy. So it's easy to have one to three drinks per day, five to six days per week. It really was a bad habit we formed. So I just want to let you know that yes, we were doing well and we are not drinking 15 drinks per week anymore. Thanks for the wake up call. Crystal. Crystal, I'm sorry a podcast have to give you a wake up call, but I'm glad that you're addressing it. Yeah. And I hope that the semen analysis goes well. Same. Um, we also got a couple of people asking which standing desk you got, Matt. Oh, I bought, I got one, I got, uh, I ordered from, uh, autonomous, um, which will just, they essentially sell the base and then you can put whatever top on the desk you'd like. Uh, I got the professional model, uh, because it, it holds three, it's not three, it, it held like, um, 60, 70 more pounds than the, um home model uh but you know looking at what i have on my desk i don't need to hold 320 pounds on my desk 
but I will say it's been it's been very good. Uh, in fact, I would say during the, when I'm doing a two-hour podcast, I will occasionally in the middle of the podcast we will both not Dory and I because we don't do those long podcasts, but we'll well, stand it up. We'll stand it up. Yeah, I saw you standing up James Bonding yesterday. Yeah, we were falling asleep watching Honor Magic Secret Service when we were supposed to deliver in a commentary track, and I was like, "We got to stamp." Um. All right. Well, I hope that helps the people who asked about that. Um, we also had a request from Joe who has two grown children, 20 and 17, mm-hmm. and one of them is a son who's about to graduate high school Nice. and requested a decent dress watch as a, as a graduation gift. He says, in these matters, I'm clueless. I don't like wearing watches. Um, I'd, I'd like to know what... But I know that Matt, also my son's name, fancies himself a bit of a watch aficionado. I am a bit of a watch guy. My son prefers silver, and I'm looking to keep the price tag between 500 to to $1,000. Any suggestions you may have would be greatly appreciated. He also says, give my regards to Bo, and he really needs his own podcast. <laughs> Bo does need his own podcast. <laughs> uh, in the 500 to to $1,000 range, you're looking more at... You might want to think about like a brand that he really likes that 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 happens to also be in the watch game, quote unquote. What about like a tag? Well, tag yours probably start around a thousand and go up from there. But I will say, here's a here's an excellent choice for you. I would take a look at the Shinola brand of watches. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they are made in America. Well, they're assembled in America, <laughs> uh, in Detroit. Uh, they make a lot of really great looking watches. Um, and uh, they're going to hit that price point pretty nice uh, for dead center there. You can get a really nice Shinola for that. I would look at the Shinola watch company. Uh, a nice big uh, like pilot looking watch or uh, if he's into a, like a, like a, if he wants a metal band, um, they can accommodate that too. There's actually a Shinola store now at the Grove. Mm-hmm. They also make bicycles. How do you feel about that? pretty good right uh yeah i would look that's my answer shinola i would look at shinola all right nice american watch brand um before we wrap up we have a follow-up from uh someone who went to disney oh finally someone's following up after the fact hey this is lisa calling from baton rouge i have called and emailed a little while ago about my disney trip with my boyfriend and his family So I wanted to follow up first. Thanks again for the recommendations. Um, We did only end up going to one of the restaurants that require reservations. Which one? Nice. Uh, The Steakhouse in Epcot. It was delicious. And it's a really nice atmosphere in there, and the service was great. Um, I wanted to quickly go over some stuff that we ate in Magic Kingdom that was awesome. Let's hear it. Um, the cream cheese stuffed pretzel and yes. the launching pad. Agreed. And it has like cinnamon yes. stuff and spices. Way on board. Um, the lobster rolls at Columbia Harbor House. <laughs> Nicely done. And the hot dogs at Casey's Corner. Yes. And then we heard good things from close friends about the cinnamon rolls from Gaston's, but we didn't try them. <laughs> it looks good. I mean, we saw people they walking around good, with yeah. cinnamon rolls like the size of your face. Um, generally, I liked Universal more than Disney. I wish I had known about, um, like, signing up for Fast Passes for rides and getting reservations for places, like, weeks in advance, I guess. Um, we had, 
whatever the equivalent is of a fast pass for Universal, and so it's the best. getting on rides quicker uh, happens a lot more at Universal. It's the best. Um, and one place that we ate that we enjoyed there was Mulligan's Irish Pub. Oh, so I've been there. Those are my thoughts. Fish and chips, um, Guinness. I hope. Everyone's doing well at the Shafrira household. <laughs> Keep doing good work. Bye. And then we got one more update from someone who went to Universal. That's the big thing about this Universal. It's that front of the line pass. Yes. Save up for it. I'm telling you. Like, just spend one less night there and get the front of the line pass. You'll get everything done. Well, we 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 got a, a contrary point of view. Someone thinks that it wasn't good. Hey, it's fake AJ. Calling back <laughs> on my trip to Universal Florida for Harry Potter. Um, I just wanted to share a couple of tips for first-timers that I would recommend. Uh, we didn't end up getting the um, the line skipper because it was kind of an off-season. We had multiple days, although I All feel right. like if you only had one day, I would definitely That's recommend exactly it. That's exactly what I just um, said. Mm-hmm. But I, if you're going for the first time, definitely go to Diagon Alley first. Just like Harry did, don't go to Hogsmeade first, go to Diagon Alley first, mm-hmm. try the rides, and then take the Hogwarts Express from Diagon Alley to Hogsmeade. It was amazing. And my second tip is that they have this, like, owl post where you can get, like, a special stamp on these postcards that they that they sell there. Um, but they sell 10 postcards. You have to buy a pack of 10 postcards. And then for stamps, they'll only sell you a 20-pack of stamps, like, you know, in Father of the Bride, where they're like, it's really annoying that hot dogs come in packs of eight, mm-hmm. but the buns only come in packs of six. Like, <laughs> yep. it's the same situation. So bring stamps from home and bring postcard stamps, because they sell you full postage stamps. I have a stamp problem, but, like, bring your postcard stamps. Or, I mean, I bet you could get them to stamp just any old piece of mail and not pay a ridiculous amount of money for the postcards. But it was a great souvenir to send home because it doesn't cost that much in the grand scheme of, like, birdie bots, every flavor of beans costing mm-hmm. a fortune. Anyway, so those are my tips, and thanks for the advice, and uh, can't wait to hear more and more about baby Steve Rogers. Bye. <laughs> yeah, great email. Thank you. And by email, I mean voicemail. Thank you all so much. Thanks for bearing with us this long episode. We appreciate you. We also appreciate our Patreon supporters. But we appreciate the Patreon supporters more than the rest of you guys. <laughs> so if you'd like to be one of the people we appreciate more, go to patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. Big thank you. You get extra episodes over there. And also, if you're at the $5 level or above, you get your name right on the podcast each and every month. I'm going to wrap this up pretty quick. we got some names to get through, honey. Here we yep. go. Uh, Jennifer Sika. Jennifer Floyd. Jennifer Steele. Jess Branch. Jesse Hendricks. Jolene Sigler. Julie Phillips. Kane McCall. Kate Dwee. Catherine Shimmons. Katie Regan. Katie Tavey. Katie Lucy. Kelly. Kelly Zimmerman. Kelsey Kinneman. Carrie Mills. Kim Mestra. Kim Thompson. Kimberly Kim. Kimberly Shepard. Kristen Anderson. Christopher Fonagy. Layla Arshid. Laura Dodge. Laura Rosenblum. Lauren Luther. Lauren Nyquist. Leslie Shoup. Lettuce Sparkle. <laughs> Lex Conant. Liesel. Uh, Lindsay Earls. Linnea Thunsel. Luke Evers. Maggie Fleming. Amanda Johnson. Margaret Metcalf. Uh, Margie Oakley. Marie Morgan. Martin Hedegard-Peterson. Maude Tremblay. 
Mackenzie Erickson. Megan Frank. Megan Kozowitz. Megan Drury. Magana Prasad. Melinda Phelps. Melissa March Quinn. Michael and Stephanie Garrier. Uh, Michelle Kitzmiller. Mike, Kim, and Leo. Monica Bold. Mariah C. Adamick. Mr. Bundy. Nicole Ponday. Nancy Powell. Nicholas Skidmore. Nikki Bossert. Narantha Balagopal. Patricia Faust Reisig. Paula. Rezig. Preeti Har. Uh, I'm sorry. Hang on. Preeti Hira. QN. Rachel Bannon. Rachel Lander. Rachel Dylan Snyder. Rachel Downey. Rachel Kuzma. Robert Olson. Robin Vale. Sabrina Stern. Sandra Meller. Sarah Prager. Sarah Rice at Long. Sarah Bury. Sarah Lewis. Sarah Swift. Sarah Sa- Sarah Yim. Sherry Olson. Siri K. K- Gasky. SJV. Sophie S. Stephanie Thompson. Stephen Azar. Susan Fisher. Tanya Davidova. Tanya Kirshenman. The Holterman Clan. The Kembles. Tina Rowdio. Tyne Ludwig. Tracy Jury. Tracy Johnson. Tracy Cruiser, Krauser. Valerie Green. And Victoria D. And Wendy Nielsen. We did it, everybody. Thanks Thank so much you for listening. All. Sorry for the lengthy episode and for playing all that music. We'll see you all next week on the podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.